I am Dr. Zen Johnson. Welcome to Unlearning Life as We Know It. I believe that we all deserve to be happy and that we have the ability to unlearn the old ways, learn new ways, and grow to become the greatest version of ourselves. Start your journey to a happier life right now. Hello, everyone. I am so excited today. Today, we will be talking about unlearning the cycle of emotional eating. And I have a very special guest here by the name of Nasiha. Nasiha is a nutritionist and wellness coach based out in Canada. And she has some great information to share with us. This is an area where she focuses in on, has experience with, and she's able to share it with my audience here. So I'm very excited. So the whole point of today is that we're going to be talking about what are the consequences to our emotional eating? How did we get here? How do you know if you're actually emotional eating? And then once we figure that out, how do we break the cycle? And so I have Nasiha here. Nasiha, please introduce yourself a little bit. Hi, everyone. Um, thank you, Zen. To, um, I, I'm, this is my second experience with you. And I'm, I'm loving coming back to your show again. And, um, and I'm, that too, I'm coming back with uh, an even more important topic. I feel it's very important in the current times where we try to um, help people, guide people to unlearn the cycle of emotional eating. Um, it has different um, uh, understanding of how um, you know people give it terms like overeating, stress eating. So there are a lot of different ways of understanding it. But um, but why why am I here to talk about it? Is first I'm a nutrition coach and a wellness coach. I do help a lot of people. Um, uh, who are dealing with emotional eating, and um, and I myself used to be, uh, you know, I myself have taken help, even though I'm a nutrition coach. I myself, when I went through a very very stressful traumatic time in my own life, I also succumbed to the whole vicious cycle of emotional eating, stress eating, which would eventually uh, lead to um, uh, eating disorders. So. Uh, there's so much more I can speak about it, but uh, it's coming from my own personal experience, professional experience, and uh, and uh, so many beautiful success stories that I have seen around me, and um, so many um, beautiful experiences that I can speak from. So I'm very excited to speak about this topic. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I know I'm happy to have you here as well. Uh, last time I had you on and we were talking about unlearning childhood conditioning, conditioning right? Yes. Um, we wanted to hit on the trauma part. We didn't even get there, but um, unlearning childhood conditioning. And in the show notes, I will put the episode number so that you all can go back and listen to that one as well. It was definitely um, very enlightening and uh, I learned a lot and um, yeah, it was good information. So here we are a second time around and let's jump right into it. First off, what is emotional eating? So um, basically emotional eating is whenever anyone connects emotions, whatever emotions to food. And, and mostly uh, it is going to be those emotions of um, stress, loneliness, boredom, um, anxiety, 
um and these are all emotions that uh, make you feel isolated and when we connect uh, when we eat during the state the emotional state that we are in a disturbed emotional state um that's called emotional eating emotional eating on its own it's not a disorder so there are a lot of us who you know a lot of us do it actually everybody does it you know you you um, eating is first of all food is something that we all enjoy um you know to celebrate something or it's a way of comforting somebody or ourselves so food has always somehow been connected to all of our happy or sad emotions right but there are times when um when we overdo the eating or we sort of um split away from the actual physical hunger and just connect eating with our emotions that are disturbing us um and it is uh, coming from a point of stress then it is um, a form of emotional it is emotional eating so um which i can i'll speak more in detail about yeah 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 let's i mean let's talk about that like so how do you know i feel like at times maybe you don't really know that you're emotional eating until it's too late right is that yes. is that pretty common it is it is and i have seen that happening a lot so like i said right we always associated food with some emotion a celebration a sadness you know somebody there is there is a unfortunate death in the family or somebody had a breakup the first thing we do is we take some food to comfort people we food is always a center point of everybody's um celebration or uh, or bringing people together so um like it's a comfort zone and food gives you gives the brain a sense of um uh, a reward or a sense of comfort um it is it is an amazing comforting feeling um so normally when we do that that's okay when it becomes a problem is uh, first of all um uh, being very very aware of understanding when you are overeating so have there are few signs of it so um how to be aware about it is you are overeating a certain group of foods um in in certain situations and uh, you go overboard with it more than uh, so your body gives you a signal when you are eating for hunger and when you have that sense of uh, the feeling of full uh, when you eat food but you keep eating after even after that sensation hits in or you you have just had your uh, meal of the day but just within half an hour or within 15 minutes you go to that comfort food and uh, that's when we are not aware about our emotions but um, you know it's just like an automatic body response where even if we have eaten a pretty good meal we still go back and look for uh, you know food that that is going to make us feel happy or make us feel uh, comfortable so that's one way of recognizing it and then there are these signs when um i think the most extreme signs are when you eat uh hiding from people you know when when i know a lot of people who take food and they sort of hide it from people that they're eating the food and they don't realize that they have come to that point uh of you know the tipping point of um where that the, there is a sweet um there's a distinct point where you're moving from emotional eating part to an eating disorder part and that's the place where it is where you are hiding the food that you're eating 
middle of the night you're going uh, going into the pantry or going into the kitchen and rummaging through your drawers and rummaging through your uh, fridge and trying to find and mostly they will be sugar laden foods high carbohydrates so um so these are the um you know sometimes the extreme signs and then the small tells are um even if your physical hunger is satisfied you keep moving towards uh, the emotional hunger part and um, so that these are the these are very broad ways of recognizing but um i think awareness comes from understanding um the most important thing is just making sure that you're aware about what emotion that you're going through when you are looking for that food and if it is just hunger then they are we can i will cover that part when physical hunger is not satisfied but if it is just hunger and you're eating you're fine but if you had your dinner and you're awake middle of the night and this mostly happens middle of the night uh because that's when you feel the most sense of loneliness it's i'm generally speaking but it happens any time any time of the day but uh, uh it's very important for us to dissociate from the physical hunger and the emotional hunger and how you're satisfying the emotional hunger basically wow i'm i'm thinking to myself i've definitely um i don't know it's probably more of an addiction that because i'm thinking about whenever you said that you start hiding your foods i know of some people that won't eat in public yeah right so it's like here we are at a dinner i know we're all hungry but they won't eat right but you know that they're eating in some other form somewhere else yes. right so that's a a possible sign you know that there's something deeper here that's going on would you say yes i agree with you and um like i said this is a very extreme um extreme part of the emotional eating journey that you have taken um initially it's just these small small um phases where you're just overeating one particular group of food or um you sort of like you give a perfect example when you're at a group setting or when you're with your family or your friends and um you just eat the bare minimum but then come back home and sort of gobble up more food because you were very hungry and you were being very conscious and i have also realized over my experience and i have seen and based on my uh, research and studies that mostly emotional eating is um higher and the chances of uh, um getting any an, an eating disorder is so much more higher in people who are um constantly constantly in the whole journey of um weight loss or putting themselves in the pressure of uh, a restrictive diet they're always in the zone of dieting mm. and uh, that's a whole different topic which i can talk about but let's not go there but um when when people um sort of you know are emotionally uh, de- depriving themselves of food then they start um unconsciously binge eating certain groups of food that they are restricting because they Uh, any human body it is naturally designed or it is conditioned in such a way that when you restrict something it tries to crave it more so craving increases when the craving increases then what happens is you go into that whole binge eating zone where you overeat something 
and and then you feel guilty about it so that's another tell sign of understanding how emotional eating works is that it is almost always followed up with the emotions of guilt and shame and uh there are a lot of layers to this that's why i call it the cycle of emotional eating because right. there it comes from a sense of deprivation or a sense of uh, or connecting emotions to food and then it moves into that overeating where we we try to go to it as a comfort something to overcome the emotions that we are dealing with but then Im- immediately after that comes the guilt and the shame and some people to get over the guilt and the shame continue the cycle of eating and then it's that cycle and wow. just to feel uh, the relief of the stress of guilt and shame they somehow go back to eating and they don't even realize it that they have um started putting on weight and then they go into that another level of stress where it is into have to go on a weight loss journey and it's it's like you are constantly uh in in the zone of mental stress no matter what's going on in your external life yeah and the only thing that makes you happy is to do it again because yes. that's the happy moment like eating it at that time it tastes so good to you it makes you feel so good at the time but then as soon as it's over you go back down and to yes. get back up again and feel good again you eat it again or you do you know what i mean you you're having that yes. strong appetite or that feeling like i have to do that again and that's what lifts me up and makes me happy again but then afterwards Correct. Wow, that's that's a hell of a cycle. It's a dopamine effect. Right? Food releases dopamine. It's a feel-good hormone. So food helps you feel good by releasing that hormone. But then it it you know and this it's a beautiful play of hormones, right? It's you 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 do it for the sake of dopamine because you want to feel good, but then it moves you into the zone of stress, so extra cortisol is released. and then that sort of affects your metabolism in major ways and then again to get rid of that cortisol and to make your because you're so stressed the effects of cortisol is so heavy on your body you crave for that dopamine and you go back into whatever that gives you dopamine and there is a reason why i'm taking the names of this hormone which i will you know uh talk about when we are rec- how to recover or how what are the steps we can take to overcome this vicious cycle Yeah. yeah. I mean this sounds this is heavy. Like this is a <laughs> this even just this conversation it's like I'm not even living it but I feel the heaviness from it. So I can only imagine the people that are in this space in their lives the heaviness that they have they may not even be aware that they feel it but it is right. this is very very heavy and it's it's truly in a you know i i can see how it can become an addiction very quick you know so wow okay this is very eye opening so um let's let's talk about how to break the cycle um i'm a big believer you know as i mentioned to you earlier you know i'm a certified health coach and I have a I have a vegan lifestyle that that mm-hmm. you know I partake and my my boys take in right and we have our reasonings for that um but I never push that on anyone else. I truly believe you have to listen to your body to understand what your body needs. Some people need meat, some people need the fish, some people 
you know, don't, you know, it, it all depends on the person, right? But I think what's important is that you listen to your body to understand that. But whenever you're under such a heavy cloud, I guess I can say, such as this of emotional eating and letting your emotions take over you, that awareness is missing. You don't, you don't have right. that awareness, right? So it's like, how do you tap into that? But then also I'm a true believer in um, with the clients that I have on health coaching that there's a reason for why we do what we do. And until yeah. you get to the root cause of why you are hurting yourself, why are you disturbing yourself in the way that you're doing this? Until you get to the root cause, it doesn't matter how many diets you go on, how many walks you go on, it, it, how many doctors you go see, how many pills you pop, it does not matter until you yeah. understand and release whatever it is inside of you, whatever experience that you may have had that brought on that depression or that sadness or that, that fear, until you release that, you know, you will possibly, there's a strong chance you'll always go back into this, this cycle, right? That's a very, very dangerous, to cycle, dangerous cycle to actually be in. So I'm a true believer that there's a reason as to why we do what we do whenever we choose not to take care of ourselves um, and to get to the root cause of that. But that's my belief. But how do we start breaking the cycle? Let's talk about that. Oh my God, there were so many beautiful gems that were hidden in everything that you just spoke right now. And uh, before I go into how do we break the cycle, right? You used the word addiction. And I read somewhere, um, uh, I think a few, few years back when I was, I was doing a lot of research on emotional eating and stress eating, which never left my mind. Um, food is the most legal and most available um, uh, addiction, you know, it's a source of addiction for people. If people don't know how to regulate the consumption of food, and even more is, um, uh, it, they, I, I always see, I'm sure all of us have, you know, seen that um, sugar is a more addictive white yeah. substance than all the other white substances out there. So, hold on, hold <laughs> so, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop just a minute. First off, you just said that food is the most legal and available available <laughs> source of substance <laughs> substance of addiction that we have. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's nothing to stop that. Oh my God. That, that takes me like in so many levels. I look at our children now, you know what I'm saying? Oh my God. It's, it's, it's so big. It's so huge, but you're so right. It is. It's just available. You don't have to go through any leaps or <laughs> it's just there. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. And then sugar, you know, that's a whole different there's so many ways that we can talk about this, right? Yes, and and, yes. and and let me let me just say this to the listeners that if you find that you are addicted to certain foods, right? Because I, I tell a lot of people, oh, I'm vegan, and they say, Oh, I could never, I love cheese, I love milk, I love dairy, you know, I, I love this, I love that. And it's like, I don't blame you. They made it for you to love. It is truly <laughs> addictive. 
right? And it's, it's, it's made that way. So yes, you are addicted. You are, you're correct. I can understand why you can't break away from the cheese, the cheese or the milk or these other things. It's, it's, it's made in that way to keep you coming back. It's a great marketing strategy. And sugar and it's alone. advertised in such a way, you know, you don't see advertisements of healthy food everywhere, right? If imagine you are, you are emotionally stressed, you're work, you're coming out of your office or you're coming out of a doctor's appointment and, and, you know, you are emotional at that point. And every, I have realized every time I've stepped out of any emotional play that any place that has made me emotional I, I promise you, I've always seen a McDonald's in front of me. <laughs> wow. I believe it. I believe it. I mean, they are, they're the marketing behind all of this. Oh girl, you don't even want to get me started yes. on that. Like, so I, so, so therefore I market within my own home, right? So I know yeah. we're getting off topic for a minute, but let's yes. do this. I market within my own home. So like, for example, I don't bring things in my home that I should not eat, right? Like, okay. I mean, I have my snacks and my things like that, right? I have, I have my, my few things, but my thing is if I don't see it, I won't eat it, right? So if I crave something in the moment, if I have to leave and go to the store and go get it and this, that, then I won't do it, right? So I try to just keep things in my house that, you know, won't lead me into that direction. The other thing that I do <laughs> for my boys, whenever I say I market in my house, I bought one of those refrigerators where one side is see-through and it has like these, yeah. these shelvings right in the, in the front. So I put all healthy foods there. Right. So now instead it was just like a regular refrigerator where you couldn't see in. So they would say, maybe they would ask for junk or, you know, things that you may not want them to go for as their first choice. But now with that see-through screen, I put like grapes and raspberries and, apples and oranges. So that's what they see. And so more times than not, when they ask for a snack, they're going to ask for what they see in that screen, which is already a healthy option. But that is how strong marketing is, right? And I have a marketing okay. background, okay. so I totally get it. <laughs> so whenever we're outside and we're in the streets or we're watching TV, they're showing us what they want us to be addicted to. And you're right. You're, you never see a raspberry on a commercial. <laughs> that does not happen. <laughs> you yeah. know? So, yeah. so I okay, I know we got off topic, and, but yeah. Yes, we did go off topic because um, the, the remaining part of this conversation is very important because you did ask me the question of how can we break through the cycle, right? So yes, I have like, yeah. a, um, it's a step-by-step -step process. But first of all, um, like I said, it always starts with awareness. Anything, like you said, right? We need to even be aware that there is a problem or we are having a problem. And how to be aware about it is first differentiating between the physical hunger and emotional hunger. And how do we differentiate about it? Uh, is um, physical hunger, it, it, is, it comes naturally. And, and once you eat, uh, a good nutritious meal, um, something that has got a higher protein um, source, higher protein amount than a carbohydrate amount. It keeps, it gives you the sensation of uh, feeling full, and it keeps you satisfied. And um, and it does. It comes and physical hunger comes over time. It doesn't come out of nowhere in a short span. 
physical hunger, like you wake up in the morning, you have fasted for a long time, and then you it come it's always over time. Emotional hunger is instant. It's it's like you know you've eaten a meal, but then uh, within fifteen twenty minutes you feel hungry, but it gives you a sense of that feeling of hunger. But it's actually not hunger. It is your emotions because you have somehow conditioned your condition your body to deal with stress and um, any sort of um, anxiety with food. So you feel emotionally hungry. It doesn't come over time. It comes instantly. It can even come after you have had a full, enriching, nutritious meal. So that's the way you can differentiate it. Uh, because of the time duration of it, and um, and uh, physical hunger, the minute you have a very small portion of any meal, you start feeling full, and and you are you are good to go. But emotional hunger, the more you keep eating, the more hungry you feel. Even if you, and you sort of silence the um, the zone where you know you have that sense of. Uh, satiety you sort of silence that zone and uh, it is it is very um, difficult to differentiate that i agree but um, i always tell uh, my friends or my clients that the best way to identify it is um, be make sure that you have eaten a nutritious meal for that day and then after that every time when you get hungry your body doesn't need three meals or six meals. Your body needs a certain amount of nutrition, right? This is a whole different topic. But I'm here, I'm trying to talk about emotional eating. So we need to break from um, the nutritional needs of our body and, and dif start differentiating between what we are feeding our body just based on emotions. So um, if you have given enough nutrition to your body, so emotional eating can also arise from nutrition deficiency. So that's where I spoke about the restrictive eating, right? When you restrict your body so much that there is a deficiency that your body feels and then it gives you the feelings of craving. This is a whole different side of it. Then there is another side of it, which is purely based on emotions. Um, so whenever you feel like you're going to grab that box of ice cream or that bag of cookies or that bag of chips, try and think about how you are feeling at that point. The first point of thought should be, what am I feeling right now? Am I actually feeling hungry or am I lonely? Am I sad? Am I bored? Am I anxious? Did I have a difficult day at work today? Did somebody stress me out? Um, and when was the last time I had a good meal? These are the most important questions that you ask yourself. And, and for people who have the tendency to overeat, I strongly recommend them to write a diary. I call it a feelings diary and a food diary. So the food diary will list the food that you have eaten and the feelings diary will list the feelings that you have had for that day or for half a day. For people who struggle with it immensely, I would like them to write it down. And I think the first step of anything, if you do recognize that you have a problem, I would strongly recommend ask for help because accountability will help you go through the struggle and you don't have to go through the struggle alone. It is quite challenging. You don't have to go through the struggle alone. 
And like you said, right, another way of breaking it is um, not bringing the things that you go as comfort food. And if um, I, I, first of all, don't encourage anybody to label something as unhealthy, just label something as healthy. These are my healthy choices. The minute we label something as unhealthy, uh, we start off, uh, again, that restrictive mindset comes into play. You know, there's so many things. This is such a very, this is a very deep topic and there's so many layers I can go into it. But I do want to touch, I'm just touching the superficial parts of it in, in this episode. Um, don't label something unhealthy for you. Just label all the healthy options for you so that you can, um, you know, but then and, and label um, things that make you feel happy and, right. and enjoy the healthy food and enjoy the things that make you feel happy moderately because we always overdo something in comfort and in happiness. Yeah. So we enjoy it in moderation. It's very important to do that. And I would never say restrict this out of your diet or remove this out of your diet uh, because then it will lead to the feelings of craving and then the whole cycle starts yep, again. Yeah, cycle starts so again, our, yeah. Yeah. Our first step is to stop the cycle and just enjoy food for what food is. It's nutrition and emotions are supposed to be dealt with separating from the nutrition. And there is a whole different way to just deal with emotions. Um, like, you know, again, breaking out of them. So people say it's meditation and it's breath work. There's so many beautiful solutions to it. But for people who are struggling through this, it's very difficult. For me, it was very difficult. I had a coach who helped me through it. She was not a nutrition coach. She was just a mindset coach who was helping me through regulating my emotions making sure that I was splitting food from emotions and I was being very conscious. I was sending her pictures of every meal that I was eating and I was, I was accountable to her so that I started breaking out of, uh, breaking my food away from emotions. And then I was learning to deal with those emotions, be it whatever emotions yeah. it is. Yeah, that's, that's huge. The, the breakaway of the emotions from the food that we're actually taking in and understanding that they should not be joined together. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. I do not think that you should deprive yourself of those things that you enjoy, right? Because that's always a way to kind of set yourself up, self up for failure is if you say, yeah, I'm just going to stop eating this right now, cold turkey, boom, I'm done. It's like, it, it doesn't work like that. And it yeah, doesn't have to work like that. You know, it, it doesn't have to work like that. You can decide. So for example, you know, one of the things that I love is Chinese food. I absolutely love Chinese and I love Thai. Those are my go-tos. Like I love them, but you know, is Chinese food good for me? No, it's not like, and I'm very well aware of this. Right. But what I do is say Friday night, that's my Chinese night, right? Like I enjoy <laughs> it on Friday night. I get my fix once a week, you know, and I go from there, right? And if it ends up being twice a week that week, that's fine, you know, okay. But I don't make it my every day, but I did not say, oh my goodness, look at this, everything I know health-wise, I should not eat this. It has to go forever. 
Like, no, I just, I just, I calm myself down <laughs> so that I only have it say that one time a week now. Right. And I look forward to that time and then I enjoy it and then it's over. And then I look forward to it, you know, for the next go round. Right. So you don't have to just cut yourself off completely. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I agree with you on that. And um, nowadays there's another trend that I'm seeing, which is, um, which is again, even more dangerous now people have become aware, they do understand their choices, they do understand that they're emotionally eating, and then we give them that whole, you know, you know, you can enjoy these foods that give you happiness, and, and you, you can do it in moderation, but then because we are helping them uh, rewire the mindset about food and emotion, I've also seen in some of my clients where what they do is um, they understand everything, they have the awareness of everything, but they'll be like, okay, I know this is bad for me, but this is actually making me feel good right now. So I'm still going to do it despite of knowing it, right? So yeah. then again, you need a lot of mindset conditioning. And that is where we have to go into the root cause of why people are made to behave that way. And it's, uh, or why do they behave in that way, which is a whole different topic. But again, that's another, like I said, we are just touching the upper layers of this topic. So, um, but, but that's something that I want people to at least be conscious about if they are doing it. And um, in the end, I always want to tell people, always take help. You don't have to go through these challenges alone. It's good to have an accountability partner, especially when it comes to, um, you know, it's always prevention from moving into the disorder stage because then the management of the disorder stage is going to be even more challenging. So, Having that awareness, making sure you split that food and emotion uh, barriers and ba creating that boundaries and, and making uh, sure that you're writing down which food is giving you satisfaction for which emotion and splitting that away and dealing with those emotions separately. For me personally, yoga helps me, breath work helps me, all of these things help. But these are life um, habits that we need to develop and they develop over time. If they, do, they don't just happen overnight. So I'm not going to give these things as a solution, but they are a beginning to the solution. But we, there is a midpoint of that journey where you don't know how to start with the solution and you don't know how to tackle the problem and you are stuck in that loop. The only way we can break you out of that loop is take that help, talk to a friend, talk to an expert who can help you even if you're going to therapy, take that, take those suggestions and make sure you maintain a, a diary of your feelings and your food and eat food for what it is. Food does give you dopamine. Enjoy food. It's supposed to nourish your body. So allow it to nourish and don't allow it to uh, destroy your body because when you move into emotional eating, all it moves is into destruction. Because like I said, it's a loop of very dangerous emotions all coming together, which become very difficult to navigate from further on. So yeah, that's, that's, and I, I love the one part that you said, right? Um, you don't bring in the food that you don't want to eat, or you consider right. it not nourishing for your body at that moment. So uh, even me, I love ice cream. Ice cream is my go-to comfort food. When I used to binge eat, I could finish one liter of a box in, in 20 minutes. It was so easy for me. And that was my binge, binge eating. That was the only thing I would binge eat. 
So over time, over many years, I have I have stopped the amount, limit, limited the amount that I bring into my house. Now I bring one stick or one, you know, one portion of it, which is always less than 300 ml. It gives me happiness. I find the joy in it, but I enjoy it for the ice cream. And it's not a coping mechanism of some emotion. And if I'm having some emotion, which is making me crave ice cream, which I still have that feeling, but I immediately become aware, split my emotion out of it, deal with my emotion, and I'll still enjoy my ice cream, but I will not enjoy it that same day. I'll enjoy it the day I really want to have my ice cream. So that's what I do. But yeah, I love this. See, we all have our thing. We all have our thing. You have your ice cream, I have my Chinese. And, but it's, it's all in how we regulate it. So you don't have to let go of your thing, but it is important to get in touch with yourself emotionally and understand why you're doing what you're doing and begin to break the cycle. And if you need help breaking the cycle, which you probably do, right? I mean, this is something very difficult for you to try to do on your own. And, and yeah. it can be very hard for you to try to do it on your own and you may fail and then you feel like, oh, you just give up and you don't have to do it that way. Like that's what this community is here for. We are all yes. trying to unlearn things relearn things. That's what this is all about. So feel free to reach out to myself, reach out to uh, Nasiha, and we can all work together and figure out a solution that works for you all. So like I said, in the show notes, I will make sure your information is listed. Um, People can reach out to you. What is your Instagram Instagram handle if you want to mention that real quick? So my Instagram handle is um, at Nasiha Sheikh, N-A-A-S-I-H-A-S-H-E-I-K-H. So it's just my full name there. Um, So please do connect. And you don't have to do this alone. There's always support. Just find the right support for you. So um, and feel, feel the connect because the connect and the right support is definitely going to help you navigate through a challenging phase and make you feel, um, you know, fall in love with yourself again and Mm. understand the way you eat food for the sake of eating food and then regulate your emotions because emotions are important as well. So we just have to uh, go through with the support. I could not do it without support and I don't uh, allow my loved ones to go through this without support. So take that support. Yeah, I love that. Fall in love with yourself again. Like, Treat yourself so good, right, that you put yourself first and you truly love yourself, but also you're truthful with yourself, right? It's very easy to listen to this and say, oh, that's not me. Oh, no, I haven't gone that far, whatever it may be. Or, you know, maybe you know someone who you're thinking about that's like, ah, I wonder if they're dealing with this. Be truthful. Be truthful with yourself and help others out right? Don't just keep this information in if you know someone that may be struggling. And this is the sign that maybe we can help each other, you know, get out of these situations and and move forward and fall in love with ourselves once again. I love that. Awesome. Well, on that note, I thank you so much for your time. Um, I thank you listeners for listening in and joining me once again this week. Um, Continue to just stay in touch and we will touch base again next week. And we will continue to heal, learn, and grow together. Thank you. 
I am Dr. Zen Johnson, and you've been listening to Unlearning Life as We Know It podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dr. Zen Johnson. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another awakening conversation. Thank you for listening.